0: So Aaron Rodgers gets on Instagram Monday night, leaves this message, this message of gratitude, which is the kind of message that one of my mom's bunco partners would use or leave, you know, whenever she tried edibles for the first time. Maybe she was overserved white claws at a wedding. And it's like one of those things, just sappy. And of course, internet being what it is, every social media platform picked it up. What does this mean? What is he retiring? Is he back with Shailene? You know, honestly, I don't care. I literally don't care. I just want it to be over. And as a matter of fact, I've I've moved on under the impression that Aaron Rodgers is going to return. He's been to the playoffs three consecutive years. They've been the number one seed the last two years. He's been the MVP. Why would you walk away at this point? I'm just tired of it. Just make your decision already and i know a lot of packer fans come in you know i pointed this out on tiktok and everything like that and packer fans come in "Hey, he's living red right free in your head like no i kicked him out months ago that freeloader was yes I, I i want him gone i don't need these messages i don't know stop stop dming me stop texting stop calling like i don't care like it doesn't matter none of this matters aaron Rodgers will return devontae adams is going to be their number one wide receiver they're going to go to the playoffs they're going to lose in embarrassing fashion. Like nothing is going to change. And it doesn't matter how many times he goes onto Instagram to leave these messages of, of gratitude or whatever it is. I'm just grateful that you continue to fail in the playoffs. And you know what, Sammy? Let's start the show. Turn up your, Turn up volume. Up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick, Sick, Podcast. Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Try to cut it back. Just. Making magic happen, there goes Fields, Touchdown! The sickest Chicago Bears and fantasy football podcast. Sports entertainment like no other, it's gonna be sick. It's Tuesday night, that means it's Take It to the Rank. Here I am, at a Rank, part of the Sick Podcast Network, answering your Bears questions on a Tuesday night, and as we always do, we bring you some of the best guests In the world of not only the Chicago Bears, but I would say in the world of football. And I'm not going to waste a lot of time. We're going to get right to it because our guest this evening is from the Bears blog. His name is Jonathan and he is awesome. And he's just recently penned a seven part series on the development of Justin Fields. So please, Jonathan, let's bring him on. Let's bring him on. What is going on? Thank you so much for being here this evening. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, Adam. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me on and for those uh, overly kind words of introduction. I really appreciate it.
0: well, it's been I, I think it's been incredible the work that you've been doing. i I feel like you've taken over the Bears blog. like no no disrespect to Jeff. and I'm like, this this newcomer, who, by the way, you've been there for five years. Um, I mean, but I'm like, you've been really crushing it. I think the series has been really good. But first before we get into that, What do you make of this Aaron Rodgers uh, business right now?
1: Yeah, I think uh, he has been in the NFL, been around long enough to know how to keep the attention, the spotlight on him. He obviously likes that. Um, You know, there was a lot of talk when he kind of took over in Green Bay for Favre that like Favre didn't really do anything to mentor him, but I think he definitely learned some of this from Favre (laughs) when he was younger. So there was some mentoring (laughs) going on. He absorbed
0: something how to draw out the
1: drama so that I guess there it is
0: and uh, not winning a lot of Super Bowls I think a lot of that stuff he is he has learned from Brett Favre but you've spent the majority of this offseason writing obviously for the Bears blog you've been taking a deep dive into Justin Fields a seven part series uh, on the Bears blog talking about the development of Justin Fields going off his rookie year the last chapter it's like the book of Boba Fett it's seven seven (laughs) pieces the seventh And final piece dropped today on Tuesday. I read it, and I've read the whole series. And for me, I think that the one conclusion I'm drawing, and tell me if I'm misguided or not, but uh, you feel that Justin Fields is garbage. Explain.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Total waste of a draft pick. Like, oh, man. No, um, I think – depending on what you want to focus on, there's lots of reasons for optimism, but also some causes, uh, you know, to be concerned going forward. Um,
0: well, I I think that the most interesting thing is a lot of times you give the examples uh, when you're talking about his his ability to throw the ball deep, his success throwing the ball deep. And you're like, hey, you know, like in a lot of cases, like he's he ranks up there with Andrew Locke and Justin uh Justin Fields, or not Justin Fields, but Justin Herbert. And like all these guys, you're like, yeah, that's a great list. And then you're like, he's also there with some of the bottom feeders. Well, I figured it was one of them. It was like a bunch of terrible quarterbacks, but Joe Burrow was also on the list too. So I'm like, okay, it's not completely terrible, like Blake Bortles and stuff like that. But you spent a lot of time obviously looking into this. And I will ask you, what is the one thing – that you look at and you're like, oh, this is the one piece that I'm really focusing on the most. Like the one thing, your, your biggest takeaway.
1: Yeah, I think my biggest, at least cause for optimism, my optimistic takeaway was that he was really good at producing explosive plays, which are hugely important for an offense. This is like a play where you're gaining like 15, 20 yards, at least in one, one chunk. And I've found doing some research in the past that like, there's a, a really strong relationship that the offenses that produce those a lot, score a lot of points, which is obviously the goal. Um, And when he was in the game last year, the bears produced a lot of those plays. They didn't score a lot of points because he struggled a lot in the kind of routine in between should be easier stuff, but um, I'm hopeful that'll come along and the explosive plays stick around. And that's kind of what you're hoping for to get a top shelf quarterback.
0: You know, obviously you're doing this on a statistical basis, and really doing a great job of diving deep into the numbers. How much of this, though, is a little bit skewed? Because I think we can all admit Matt Nagy's system was not great. It was not designed for him. Should we really be worried too much about the numbers, given that this is a new offensive system? We've got a new uh, just everything. Like, it's a new everything. Should that also uh, help, help the Bears fans feel a little bit more optimistic moving forward?
1: Yeah, um, I, I think so, because if you just look at his raw numbers last year, it's ugly. Like If you actually take a look at them, it was like seven touchdowns, 10 interceptions and 12 fumbles. Like, oh, my gosh, that is just horrible. Um, but, yeah, I did some stuff in that series kind of looking at how the offense around him hurt a bit. And hopefully a new offense will help and play to his strengths, because I that was more my goal was rather than like, was he good or bad? was just like, what was he good at? What Where did he struggle? And, you know, the new people coming in, of course, they say this, oh, we're going to build around his strengths. But if they really want to do that, they can. You build an offense around play action and the deep passing game. And he's already shown he can do those with the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So certainly you want to shore up the rest of his game. But if you can maximize those as best as possible, there's a pretty good foundation there to start from.
0: Yeah. What were, what are the biggest negatives though? What is the one thing that you were like, Ew, that's not great.
1: Probably his short passing accuracy last year was a real issue. And that's a lot of your passes. It was about half of his pass attempts. Um, most quarterbacks, it's like 50 to 60%. And he was one of the least accurate QBs there in the NFL. That's really weird. Cause like, if you're a deep, if you're an accurate deep passer, the short stuff shouldn't be that hard for you to hit accurately. And so uh, he was also really accurate on that stuff in college for two years before entering the NFL. So I'm pretty optimistic that'll kind of do a kind of regression to the mean or just natural improvement over time. It feels
0: like a three-point shooter that can't nail a free throw. Like, that. Yeah, that's, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, that was the one thing, like reading it on that. And a lot of it, too, one of the names that always gets mentioned a lot when you talk about play action and, and throwing the ball down deep is you get a lot of Russell Wilson. I think worst case scenario, Baker Mayfield, best case scenario, Russell Wilson. I I don't know. I, I like to fancy him as a tall Russell Wilson, but we'll obviously see on that.
1: Yeah, stylistically, they're really similar. They both got the mobility. They like to hold the ball and look for the shot plays down the field, um, and they throw them pretty well. And so, yeah, if Justin Fields turns out anything like what Russell Wilson has, I – I certainly wouldn't be upset about that. I don't think many Bears fans would. Well, we almost traded for Russell Wilson last year, so I think that a lot of people would be
0: very, very happy with that. But a lot of people are coming in, leaving questions. We got Jonathan Wood here of the Bears blog. And let's start taking some of these questions right now. I know, I uh, listen, uh, bet wants to know, will Ryan Poles keep Cody Whitehair and James Daniels? Uh, will he move them uh, perhaps, or will they move them around? How do you feel... Uh, the bears are going to attack the offensive line this season.
1: Yeah. I'm actually just really fascinated to see what they do there. Cause polls made it pretty clear. That's his number one priority. Like that's what he thinks is the most important thing in the offense besides the QB. I um, mean, his like introductory press conference and media stuff. Um, in terms of Cody white I think they're kind of stuck with him. Yeah, uh, If they did a traditional cut, it would actually like raise his cap hit for this year. They could, do a post June one and push some of that money to the future. But I mean, he's a average ish starting guard overpaid, but I don't see the point in eating $12 million to get rid of him. I'm really curious what they do with James Daniels. Cause he's really young still, I think only 24, maybe 25. Um, again, he's been okay. Not great, but I think there's an argument to make that he hasn't been coached all that well uh, the last few years. And perhaps in a, a new scheme, a, a new coach, you can hope to see improvement there. He's really just entering what should be the prime of his career. So I'd be curious to see him brought back and hopefully continuing to improve. And if they can stop jerking him all over the line and just settle him down in a spot and let him get comfortable there. I think uh, he could be a real good player for the next you know, five or six years even.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things that when you look at the parts – like I don't think the parts are that bad. Like it ultimately the 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 summation of everything has been awful. Or not awful, but it's not been great. But then you look at these guys, you're like, well, yeah, James Daniels should be good. And Cody Whitehair has been a player that we've really relied on for quite some time. It just doesn't, but when you I don't know, it just like something's not clicking. And again, I don't want to always go back to the coaching or anything like that. But I really feel that the coaching is going to make a difference. And we do have a GM who knows what he's doing when it comes to rebuilding an offensive line. So if these players are good and they fit the system that they want to instill here or install here in Chicago, then I think that we'll see. Like that, that, It's kind of a cop-out answer, but I think like, that's just the way that it is. Like he knows better than us. He's there. We're not, I can sit yeah. here. I've, I've listened to plenty of people rant about Cody Whitehair. Like I, I don't know if there's a guy on the offensive line who, who draws more like vitriol, or more, like, he's more polarizing. Like, the people who love him think he's the greatest, and then there's people who are just like, there's, like, no in-between. And so uh, we'll definitely see where Ryan Poles falls on this one. Uh, let's move on to the next question. What is the Bears' first move in free agency? Yeah, what do you think they're going to do?
1: Oh, there's – the hard part of this is there's so many ways they could go, right? They need so many – they need wide receivers, they need offensive line, they need cornerbacks, they need defensive line on the interior, they need a safety, they need a linebacker. Uh, my guess would probably be we see them try to reconnect with a couple veterans uh, who are familiar with the, like either with Eberflus from Indianapolis or with Poles from Kansas City. Um, I could especially see maybe a couple defensive guys who might be able to come in and help install the new system. Somebody like Anthony Walker at linebacker could make a lot of sense for him, hmm. but I really have no, no clue there just because there's so many directions they could go. Yeah. I, to me, it's interesting
0: because I think it'll tell what they, what they think they're going to be able to do in the draft. And I think yeah. sometimes I wish the draft was first, And then they did free agency, so you kind of had a sense like, okay, we were able to draft these guys. Or maybe, I guess it doesn't matter. because. But I I just think it would be easier to know, like, where can we go? Especially when you're picking 39th. It's such a wild card spot because you don't know. Like, David Bell, who, like, everybody loves, could go early. Uh, Olave... could go like you just don't know. Like, are we gonna end up with a wide receiver in the second round? Are we gonna go tackle or offensive line in the second round? So you really gotta take your swings here in free agency. And so for me, I kind of look at what the the Chiefs did last year when they mm-hmm. realized, you know, we just need to redo our offensive line. I think that our biggest swings in free agency will come on the offensive line. They will probably like again, we have to figure out what's gonna happen with our guys. We just talked about a moment ago. Um, sorry, I'm just. I got to make sure that I tweet this out. That's the only thing. I'm saying. I'm not being rude. I'm not staring at my phone. You're not boring me or anything like that. No, no, no. no. You're fine. Sammy, Sammy gets on me if I don't tweet it out. Like he'll be on. Like tweet it out. Rank. Like okay. Sorry, forgot. I was sitting here entertaining our guests and everybody who's joining us here on this ta- on this chat. But I, I I really do believe that this is all conjecture. This is not. I don't have any. I'm not inside the building or anything like that. I really do believe they're going to take their swings for veteran offensive linemen because they have their two young guys that they got last year, who I think will both translate well. So you're like, okay, we got the young stabilizing forces. Now you got to go out and get some veterans. And veterans can rebuild that offensive line immediately. And if the offensive line is fixed, not fixed, but like you kind of settle that. Well, then you go into the draft, you can trade down, you can start picking best players available. As you mentioned, there's so many there's so many places the Bears could improve. So then you're just kind of like, okay, then everything's fine. I don't want to go into free agent, or I, excuse me, I don't want to go into the draft, feeling like you got to draft a lineman because that never works out, especially unless you're picking the top three, you know, and you know exactly who you're going to be getting. So my guess is that they go uh, in addition to what you were talking about with like bringing in some Colts guys. Even uh, I, I would even think too. Somebody pointed this out. I think it was Berlissimo who pointed out that we could see a lot of the random Packers receivers coming over to join Gets Getsy. Yeah. I don't know about that. I'm like, I don't need MVS or Lazard or anything like that, but we'll see. Uh, but I think offensive line is probably the first moves that they make in free agency. Who else is uh, joining the chat right now? Uh, I'm really interested in Drake London. Uh, can you tell us? Uh, about him and would he be available to the Bears at thirty nine? I will be honest. I know the name. I haven't really gotten. We're we're just getting our combine research for me, so I'm sorry, Bear Forever fourteen. I uh, I don't know too much about Drake London. Uh, how about you?
1: Um, I haven't looked too deep into like watching him or anything, just because I know he's predicted to be up there for the first wide receiver off the board. Probably likely top 15 pick. So I don't think he's a realistic option for the Bears, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, that is one of the things too. It's like, ah, like he's getting mocked. I think I saw Daniel Jeremiah's draft today. Where did he have him? But yeah, it's like one of those things like when it's unrealistic, I kind of don't pay as much of attention. But again, I'm sorry about that. We'll start bringing on uh, more draft experts uh, onto the show a little bit to break those positions down. So I'm, I'm sorry that I failed you. But Jake, Drake London is a good player. We're, we're not getting him, but he's a good player. Um, what, do we, what else do we have? Uh, do you think the Bears' new regime will keep Tariq Cohen on board, even with his uh, ongoing injury? Yeah, what's the story there? What do, what do, you, what do we get the sense of with, with Tariq Cohen moving forward?
1: Yeah, I've got a, a couple buddies who are, like, on the Bears' beat and kind of share some stuff off the record um, in like a a group chat with a bunch of Bears writers bloggers folks and from what I gathered like he never even was close to practicing this year even had a little bit of a limp like October November mid to late season which feels really weird and they would never say like if he had a second surgery or anything so I've kind of been assuming he's done but I have no like real information for that just the fact that you know his injury was early in the season in 2020 and he never even practiced last year like 15 16 months afterwards that just doesn't seem good to me usually guys are back from that injury between like 9 to 12 months
0: yeah I love him you know I've, I've been a huge fan of his you know ever since he came into the NFL I think he's a good player and everything like that but as you said like it is really weird to go through an entire season and we don't even see them or we don't hear from them or anything like that, and a lot of times guys with with devastating knee injuries are pushing to get back to start the following season. Like we'll see that with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. might not be realistic, but guys like Chris Godwin and Michael Gallup, like they're already mm-hmm. talking about like ideally they would love to be back for week one. Maybe they'll be back in the first month of the season or something like that. But there is some sort of timeline. Like, we didn't even have a Tariq Cohen timeline, and we kind of would have – I would have assumed, or I did assume at the time, given the, given the timing of his injury, like, oh, he could possibly be back, you know, for the beginning yeah. of the 2021 season. And for it to never happen, and we went with Daryl Williams, and obviously Khalil Herbert emerged, and David Montgomery's been great. I don't even know that it's somebody that, given – I don't know what his cap number is or anything like that, but it's like – do we even like not that you don't need him, but it's like I don't know if he's a, a realistic expectation for him to return and to be a part of this team. So I love him. I hope I wish him well. I, I hope we can see him soon. I hope when you know we start going to the mini camps and training, you know, things like that, we see more of them. We get a little mm-hmm. bit more clarity. But it really has been one of the one of the strangest injuries. And even for the Bears, with everything that was going on with Mad Nagy. And they usually never gave up any information when they didn't have to. Anyways, that was even for them. It was still a little bit weird, but uh, what do we, I'm sorry.
1: No, just, I, I agree with everything. And it was really weird just because Ryan Pace said when they put him on the physically unable to perform list last year at the start of the season, that he was day to day and they expected, you know, at the end of that six weeks, they, that they'd have him back to practice and 18 weeks later, they never did. And also, like you mentioned, the running back depth, which was definitely improved last year. But I think he brings a different dimension with more of the like scat back um, abilities than any of their other guys. So if, if he's back to his pre-injury self, I would be all about having him just because I think he, there's a lot of that he can offer, especially if you have other weapons on the field. So defenses can't key in on him as much.
0: Now, that's true. I, I feel like Jakeem Grant was somebody that they're really interested mm-hmm. in in kind of expanding his role. Uh, a little bit as well. It'll be interesting to see uh, how that works out. But yeah, if he's healthy and ready to go, I guess you're right. Yeah, he's he doesn't play the traditional spot like Khalil and and the other guys do, and, and David Montgomery. So all right, point taken, Jonathan. I get, it, I get. It. Okay. Uh, what do uh, we have? Another question. Uh, what do you think about trading Mac and Quinn to get a bunch of picks back and use those picks to pair with our young quarterback on the offense? Get this defense younger as well. Uh, Belichick would do it. Um, I don't know, Jonathan. What do you think? I'm not sure how realistic it is, but what's your feeling on that?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they explore it for one of them. Um, I don't think you probably want to dump both of them in one offseason just because that doesn't leave them with much. but you know, Travis Gibson got a lot of play time last year after Mac got hurt, played pretty well. So maybe if you think, well, we can have him start for fairly cheap. We could trade one of these guys to try to get a pick. They're both, you know, getting up there in age. So I don't really know how much trade value they'd have, but you know, uh, Von Miller just went for what a set, a couple of day two picks. So maybe yeah. something like that, or maybe like even just one second or third round pick, they need all the picks they can get right now, but I've, Kind of been assuming they'll both likely be back, just because you eat a ton of dead money if you trade them. But new regime, it's so hard to know what they're going to do, how they look at these things, because we don't really have a track record to go off of.
0: No, and it's it, it's true. And I think that the one thing that stands out to me is what you mentioned with the dead money. Like it's not really saving us money to get rid of them. I also think that the value right now, and I I'm sure I've said this here, but I've said this other places. The value right now, I don't think is at a it's at a premium because a lot of teams can go out there and explore free agency. There's the draft and everything. So it's not like it's not like playing Madden where you can just go into the simulator. And you're like, oh, we got five twos for these guys. Like that just it's not as realistic this time of the year. I think the best thing, and I this would be my my course of action, is that I still I still believe that the NFC is gonna be somewhat open. And I think that there's going to be an opportunity for the Bears, similar to what the Eagles did this year. And I know it's, it's not really satisfying just to sneak in as a seven seed and get eliminated. But at the same time, you want to start to, to establish a winning culture. So you want to go out there and win football games. And Khalil Mack and Bobby Quinn are going to make your team a lot better. You've already paid them. They're older. They're older players. Their trade value right now is not as good. Going back to what you said about Von Miller, I think that's the key. I think that if things happen, and even if the Bears are in the playoff mix, but they're not like kind of like how the Broncos were this year. Like the Broncos were mm-hmm. in the playoff mix, but you knew they weren't going to the Super Bowl. And I think it's realistic to believe that next year the Bears could be in the mix for the for the playoffs, not be in the mix for the Super Bowl. And if if there is a team like the Rams, if the NFL starts becoming a copycat league and they're like, "Yeah, we're going to make these trade deadline deals." Mm-hmm. Then Mac and Bobby Quinn become very avail- uh, very attractive next or at the end of this year for draft picks next season. I think that's probably the best way to go about it. So unless it's unless something is stunning happens and somebody wows them with an offer that I'm not expecting, I would uh, I would figure that both those guys are going to be playing for the Bears come Week One, and I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Well, we're going to be better off for it. So they're good players, so it's not going to be it's not going to be terrible.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that.
0: So I wanted, I was waiting for you to just agree with me. That's one of the yeah. – I'm sorry. I, I should have mentioned that before you came on. <laughs> I need a lot of, like, yeah, rubber stamp everything that I say. No, I'm just kidding. But if there is, absolutely. Uh, but let's, let's see what else is going on out there. Uh, what type of wide receiver – oh, this is a good one, John. Uh, what type – or John, John Laurie, not Jonathan Wood, but for both of you. Um, what type of wide receiver would fit Fields best?
1: Yeah, um, I often think about this more in terms of what wide rec- what types of wide receivers would complement Darnell Mooney better? Because ideally, you want to get like a mix of skills in your receiver room. So, you know, Mooney's a little bit smaller guy, but has really really good speed. So. Honestly, an Allen Robinson type wide receiver would be a pretty good compliment to that, like yeah. a bigger body who can still get down the field and kind of go up and catch those contested passes, um, but also can do a little more of the possession stuff underneath, I think would be great. And that's where I know uh, you mentioned earlier, but a real popular guy linked to the Bears at 39 has been David Bell. And that dude's an Allen Robinson clone all the way, um, but hopefully actually tries on the field next year.
0: Oh, come on. <laughs> Don't say things like that.
1: Uh, sorry. I, I love I love A-Rob. He was really, really good for them in 2019 and 2020. But uh, it was a bit frustrating last year. And I know he was frustrated with it, too. He's been venting some of that on Twitter.
0: Yes. He has been going out there and, and letting his feelings be known. Anthony Miller also uh, letting his feelings be known. Let me ask you, though. I mean, from a fan's perspective, we always think one way. The players... I don't know. I maybe he's just even with the change in regime, like is just of the mind of like I'm leaving this organization. But is is there any any sort of realistic chance that Alan Robinson could possibly return? Realistic, not like I mean, obviously the Bears are like, here's a hundred million. He's coming yeah. in. That's not realistic. But is there a realistic scenario where the fences could be mended? That they could be like, hey, listen, we've got a plan for you now. We know, you know, whatever happened with Nagy, they can't hurt you anymore. They're gone. Is there any way he could ever return to this team?
1: I think that'd be really hard. I know, like, the whole front office and coaching staff turned over. But, man, he was still venting about that on Twitter, like, a couple days ago.
0: This morning?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I, I think there's some pretty hard feelings there. Um Granted, I'm not Allen Robinson, but I look at him. He's been in the NFL for eight years now, I think. Yeah. And he, he's caught passes from Blake Bortles, Mitchell Trubisky, Jared Gaw, go- or um, Nick, Nick Foles. There we go. Andy Dalton, and a rookie, Justin Fields. He's made probably 70 million or so in his career. If I'm him coming up on 30, I mean, spent eight years with crappy quarterbacks, I'd be looking for, okay, who's a good quarterback I can go catch some passes from, try to win a Super Bowl in these next couple of years. And I don't fault him at all for doing that.
0: Yeah, it's uh first of all, Chicago fans, don't be jerks to Alan Robinson. Like, just be cool. Like he was, he was, we he did not, he did not let us down. We let down Alan Robinson. We didn't, but the the organization did. Matt Nagy did. So let's leave that at that. Like Alan Robinson, my kids will wear his jerseys. I couldn't even. You know what's funny? I was. I'm writing an article for NFL.com about like players who should stay, players who should leave. I can't even. I can't even put Alan Robinson's name in it because I'm afraid of our social media team trying to sell it, saying something that makes it look bad. Like I don't. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even mention Alan Robinson because Alan Robinson and I are good, and I love Alan Robinson. But I'm with you, Jonathan. Like I want him to go to the best possible situation. Obviously, I would love for him to stay with the Bears forever. But I want him to go out there and do do what's best for him. If that means going to Kansas City and and being a part of that mix, I would love it. If he would go to the LA Chargers and replace uh, Mike Williams, or if he goes to the Rams to play that OBJ role, like whatever it is, go play for a winner. I will root for you everything's cool. Just don't go to green Bay. And I feel like some of the fans might push him to green Bay because you guys have not been cool, not been cool. And he's not going to be able to wear 12 for obvious reason. He can't go, he can't go to 15 because that number is retired. I'm assuming in green Bay, not that I care, but I'll ask you though. So let's say like, he's, he's probably gone. David Bell. Let's say like, maybe we can draft him. That would be awesome. Are there some of the free agent guys, like the free agent receivers that stand out to you? Like, oh, like you wish the Bears would sign.
1: That's a really hard question because everybody who I would name, like, tore their ACL in the last four or five months. Right. <laughs> like you talk about that like bigger bodied wide receiver who can still get down the field but go up and get it. And I think Michael Gallup, like, is a yeah. great, great fit for that. Tore his ACL, and I think like December. I know he's pushing to maybe be back next year, but it'd probably be like Allen Robinson his first year in Chicago coming off the ACL where like he's back, but not fully there yet. And it takes him a year to really take off, Um, which, you know, could still be an option. He's fairly young. You're looking at that as a long-term investment, not just the one year, but that was the guy who I was really like, Oh, I would have loved him in Chicago healthy.
0: That's why I don't really hate that move. Like let's be honest. again. Like we're probably not going to the Super Bowl next year if you brought him in and you said, listen, you don't, we don't expect a lot out of you this first year and you're just going to go out there. You're going to run routes. You're going to develop some chemistry with Justin Fields. And then in 2023 is when we're really going to turn it on and go crazy. Right. It's 2022 right now. Right. Yeah. I get confused. Blame the pandy, but uh, I, I don't think that that's the worst possible option. I don't know how realistic it is, but I'm like, okay, like I'm down with that. Chris Godwin kind of the same thing as well. So it is weird, and it's – I don't know. I always – jokingly, I always want to see one of these players who's going to be an impending free agent just be like, I'm sitting at the playoffs because I don't want to get injured. I'm a free agent at the end of the year. (laughs) Like the college kids don't play in the bowl (laughs) game. Like I know it will never happen, but I will tell you, like talking to some of these former players, not all of them, but a couple of them who are who are not like they're not up for the hall of fame, but they're more journeyman type guys. Like how business like they took the NFL. Or mm. they think about that. Like like they're like, there's some guys who I know who would never fathom that. They're like, I would play with a broken leg. Like you're gonna do whatever. And then there's other guys like, yeah, I would think about sitting at the playoffs. Like, okay. So there's two different <laughs> dualities there. But uh not for whatever. But I guess my point is is that number one, I don't have a point. But number two, I like Michael Gallup for a long-term thing. So we'll go with that. How do you feel – I'll just ask you specifically, because this is kind of a hot-button one that I go back and forth with uh, with a lot of Bears fans. How do you feel about Mike Williams?
1: Yeah, I I honestly haven't seen a ton of him, but that's another, I know, like bigger body who can go win those jump balls. Um, People who I trust their football opinions say that they think he's – Good, but will probably get way overpaid just because he's one of the only like healthy wide receivers who's going to hit the market. And uh, I'm not really interested in overpaying something like that. Like if he's going to be getting 15, 16 million a year, I just don't know that he's going to be worth that. And I'm torn though, because I know like year two is such a huge year for a QB in his career. Like that's gotta be like, you gotta make the jump. Mm -hmm. Um, And so get all the help for fields. You can this off season. And if, if he can be part of that great, but I'm, I'm wary of overpaying.
0: That's exactly where I am. And we've talked about that on the previous episodes, if you want to go out and check this out. Um, But I just feel like Mike Williams, as you said, is going to end up being overpaid. He's battled injuries throughout his career. He's good but I think he's going to be overpaid. And I kind of like what the Patriots did last year with Mac Jones, where you got a bunch of Nelson Aguilors. They signed Hunter Henry. They signed uh, the Titans tight end. And they just kind of went about that way. You're like, okay, they didn't make, they spent a lot of money. Maybe they did overspend for some of these guys, but they brought in a bunch of dudes. Like I would rather bring in, I don't know. I would rather bring in Gallup. I'd rather bring in like Christian Kirk and do 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 things like that as a, and then hopefully be able to draft a guy as opposed to Mike Williams. And Mike Williams is the one. It, it's so crazy, though, because he is good. Like, I don't want to say anything disrespectful, but uh, he is good. All right, what do we have? Sammy, we have more questions. Uh, who actually plays linebacker next year besides Roquan? Uh, Gibson should be the third edge. That's probably a pretty good point, Red Hot Duck. Uh, you mentioned bringing in some of the free agents from the Colts too. Who do you think is going to play that linebacker spot?
1: Yeah, I, it'll really depend on who they want to bring in. I know uh, Anthony Walker is a free agent. He played for four years in Indy um, under Aberflus, or I'm probably butchering that name. Um, Got to learn yeah. learn how to pronounce these yeah. things. I can write of.
0: <laughs> Eberflus, I think, is it? I'm yeah. not. I'm not correcting you. I know. Um, <laughs> I, we we need a researcher on this show. I'm like you like where I spell a lot of these things you are like oh yeah I have it in my head and then when do you have to come out and say it and you're like I hope it's eberflues. but uh, I think that's I think that's the way we'll just go with that for right now to work corrected
1: yeah and I saw uh, Kansas City just cut a linebacker today too Anthony Hutchins I think was maybe the name I'm trying oh, yeah. to remember as like a cap casualty and again that's just a guy with ties to the uh, to polls, although not necessarily the new defense, but I think somebody like that, um, Anthony Walker in particular, I think, you know, you can put him at the mic spot and give him the helmet to call plays to help just kind of as everybody learns the new defense and then let Roquan just kind of roam at the will spot next to him and just focus on making plays instead of keeping everybody lined up. Right. I think he, he can handle calling plays, but it might be nice if he doesn't have to at first in a brand new scheme with all the new terminology.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense bringing in somebody who's got some familiarity uh with this defense that they want to run uh with uh with Eber Flues. All right, what do we got, Sammy? If Fields doesn't improve next season, oh my god. Joey, if Fields doesn't improve next season, is it is it is it time to start thinking of moving on? Uh personally, no. Uh but what do you think, Jonathan?
1: Yeah, I think
0: you're pausing. What's happening?
1: So I got two thoughts going on in my head here. One, you got to give him at least that third year just to see. And, like, everybody in the NFL does that except for the weird, like, Josh Rosen situation where it was more like off-field stuff um, going on and they had the chance, you know, with the number one pick. Everybody else gets three years. I think you have to no matter what. Um, but number two, I was just thinking about um, – and normally for QBs that like third year breakout is pretty rare that if they don't break out in year two, your career expectations should go down quite a bit. Although Josh Allen did recently just buck that trend. And that's another similar stylistic guy to fields of, you know, mobile likes to hang on to the ball, look for the big play. So I'm not ready to give up on fields yet if year two is rough. Um, and I, I doubt the new regime would be either.
0: Yeah, although as he as he says that, as Joey brings that up, I do have to say there is nothing. I think over the last couple of years, the most disheartening thing is that every season, feeling like oh well now they've got it locked in, like now like going into 2019, you know, coming off a, a, a playoff loss, you were like okay now they now they've got it wired. Like Trubisky got them to the playoffs. They were a double doink away from going to the Super Bowl. And I will say going to the Super Bowl because they would have, they would have beaten the Rams. They would have probably handled the Saints and then gone to the Super Bowl. I don't know that they would have beat the Patriots, but whatever. Um, so I'm like very odd. I, I will, I, that is like one of those things like I will throw, not throw hands over, but like I feel pretty committed to that. And then you go out in 2019. You're like, oh, this offense still sucks. And then they change a bunch of other things. And like every time. And then even this year, where you're like, well, now they got Andy Dalton, so the the offense is made for them. And then they're doing, I don't know. Then the then the Rams game happens, and I just, I just, I don't want to live through that again. So I've, I, I don't know. I feel very optimistic that this coaching staff knows what they're doing, and I think that. Justin Fields is dynamic enough, and I know. I know. Uh, I reading this morning, reading like. J- I saw Josh Rosen's name in your article, and I'm like, "Gosh, dang it! Like, <laughs> oh, I don't like that, don't like that." But it was also there, like, well, Josh Rosen and Joe Burrow. You're like, okay, talk about two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, I don't know. Like, not even split the middle, but whatever. Um, yeah, I would think, but see, because the problem is. Is that people like me, no matter what happens this upcoming year, will be like, this was really his rookie year. Let's wait. But I think the Josh Allen thing is very, very credible. It's very accurate. You know, like sometimes it does take these guys a little bit of time. I think of like Alex Smith too. I think Alex Smith mm-hmm. is a another I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a good customer. Like Alex Smith's not as fast as uh Justin Fields, obviously. But like, yeah, like there's another guy who like did not get the benefit of coaching for a number of years. And it took Jim Harbaugh to come in. And honestly, if Alex Smith doesn't get hurt and Kaepernick doesn't play so well, you know, we're talking about Alex Smith probably plays, you know, probably stays in San Francisco for the long term. And who knows? So I think that again, you're right. Like, we don't see a lot of guys just all of a sudden blossom in their third year, but I do think that uh I do think that uh, we've seen enough to be optimistic. What would you say? And I don't know if this was you who put it out there, but I did this, see this on Bears Twitter. Like, what if he had a year like Jalen Hurts? Uh, do you think a Jalen Hurts like season is a positive? Like, is that a positive thing for Justin Fields, or is that like not good enough?
1: It depends on what you're hoping for from Fields. I think because. Having a season like that in year two, like what Hertz did this year, definitely raises like the floor of Fields' career, mm-hmm. but also probably lowers the ceiling a bit versus what a lot of Bears fans are hoping that he'll be. So, I mean, I'm just—I was born in 1988. I've never seen them win a Super Bowl, so that's my main goal. And so, I would be disappointed by that, just because like, oh well, this probably isn't like going to be the superstar QB who's going to lead them to a Super Bowl. Um, but at the same time, you could feel pretty good that he'd be one of the better QBs they've had in the last 30 years or so, which is a sad indictment in and of itself. But yeah, that's that's more of a more of a damnation of the Bears more than anything
0: else. Like, <laughs> yeah, we got such a low bar that Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is a fine quarterback. I think that, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, but at the same time, Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl. So I feel like we can I don't know I can talk myself into a lot of things. Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl. I don't know. Listen, Matthew Stafford, a good quarterback. I think that's I mean Justin's got a strong arm. He's faster than I don't know. I can talk myself into anything. <laughs> I'm really just going to start talking to myself cuz I know especially in fantasy I'm going to be drafting Justin Fields everywhere like in redraft mm-hmm. leagues and I'll remind you you probably don't even know this story, and you probably don't care. Nobody cares. This is Bears talk. I don't have to talk about fantasy, but I'm going to talk anyways. I will say, in Patrick Mahomes' second year, I had not drafted a quarterback in our NFL Fantasy Live League, and Matt Money Smith had the pick right before me in the last round, thought he had screwed me because he took Phillip Rivers, and he was laughing, like, oh, there's no quarterbacks left. I'm like, hey, idiots, uh, nobody drafted Patrick Mahomes. And they're all like, "God, good luck. good luck with that one and it reminds me that the only reason i bring this up is not to talk about how great i am in fantasy but it reminds me that people still thought that patrick mahomes was garbage going into his second season like they were just like convinced like texas tech quarterbacks never work gimmicky blah 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 you're an idiot like and you're like okay like I, I need that I need to get back to that confidence level because I think that there's a there's a there's a scenario that plays out in my mind that Justin Fields has a similar type trajectory, but I don't know. It's it's it is really optimistic. But that's me. I'm Mr. Optimism here. And you can make fun of me in the comments. I don't care. Blow me up. I don't care. Why not? Why why choose to be negative? Jonathan thinks he's terrible. But I think, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm joking. He does not, he does not think that.
1: Sam, uh, You're <laughs> going to make me the least popular person on Bears Twitter because I already had a not all that positive article about David Montgomery a couple weeks ago that caught me a good bit of heat.
0: <laughs> well, I, I don't think that it was that unpopular. What were, what were people upset about? That like, I was, said. Like, I wasn't harsh.
1: Uh, what? I was a little harsh. Basically, I think he's not all that hard to replace and they shouldn't pay him.
0: That, that a lot of people a,
1: think he's really good.
0: That's a philosophical NFL question <laughs> that goes like listen, I, I wrote an article like the Giants should trade Saquon Barkley. Like it is it is just the way that the NFL operates now. And it's like we don't we don't see these running backs get 370 carries. Like they come out and they use them and they You know, it's a it's a I think Shanahan was one of the first ones. Mike Shanahan Mm -hmm. uh, was one of the first ones to just go running back by committee. Like we can find value in this production. You know, we can find value by just throwing a bunch of running backs out there, similar to the way a lot of teams handle the tight ends. You know, we see like there's elite tight ends like Kelsey Gronk, those guys, um, Kittle, obviously. And then a lot of teams just roll a bunch of tight ends out there. And I think we see that with the running back position. And even now, you look at the, you look at what people have done with, uh, you know, like Christian McCaffrey has been battling some injuries. Saquon Barkley hasn't really panned out. Like teams are afraid of this now. So I, I read that. I know what you meant. Like I like David Montgomery. I think he's a good player, but it's like he's not going to get – he's just not going to get an extension. Like that's – it's foolish. Like you can go out there and do it. All right. Uh, sorry. Sorry, Sammy's moving us along. This is like it played off at the Oscars. Uh, I'll never forget Nagy saying how much he loved Monty. Uh, I drafted him in fantasy and never let him run the ball. Yes, I agree with you. He hated, but you know what, though? I think that Nagy's biggest problem is like how much he loved Jets sweeps on fourth and
1: one. (laughs) I'd say probably how much he loved hitches, period. (laughs) (laughs) But there were lots of problems there. As a good friend of mine often says, is he didn't have a scheme so much as just a collection of random plays that he liked.
0: Yes. I think it's
1: a pretty good description.
0: That is the best description I've ever heard of that because that is, he's, he's like the Madden player that has five plays <laughs> and it's, that's it. Like he's going to go through those and you figure those kids out. You're like, yep, this guy's going to run all verts all the time. Whatever. Um, But I thought, you know, it's the interesting part of that, though, as much as I'm saying, you know, Montgomery is replaceable, I thought, you know, when Khalil Herbert was out, this was the craziest thing. Because, like, Khalil Herbert played really well. And then when David Montgomery came back, you're like, Montgomery might not see the field. and They're like, they just never played Khalil Herbert again. You're like, what is happening? Like, what is – like, obviously, you have two great guys. I feel, you know, in a way – and I know people think this is stupid – where I'm like, let's find a way to get the most out of these two running backs. Like, we don't have a deep receiving core at the moment. We've got two good running backs. Let's figure out a way to get both these guys into the mix, kind of the way that Denver did it with uh, Melvin Gordon and uh, Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that could work. But I think that your point still stands, like David Montgomery's not getting a second contract. I, I, I think that's fair.
1: Yeah, it drove me crazy. They never did that with, like, Montgomery and Cohen. Yeah. When yeah. they were both healthy and available, like play them both together. They would do that for maybe like 50 plays a year. Like, why can't we do that more? He, they're both good players in very different ways. You should be able to use them both at the same time. And he also, and you know what? And Matt Nagy was
0: also on the cusp of something with Cordell Patterson. And I think, I guess mm-hmm. the Patriots were as well. Like there's like, you should be able to use this guy better. But Josh McDaniels couldn't figure it out. Matt Nagy couldn't figure it out. And then uh, our guy who went down to be the offensive coordinator in Atlanta actually did figure it out. That is a frustrating thing, too. That is like, ah, you were so close. But I guess that, that sums up Matt Nagy. Like, you were so close. You were so close to being great. Because um, I honestly, I liked his personality. I thought he was kind of fun. I liked the club dob. I thought the players kind of, most of the players, maybe not the receivers. Um but a lot of the players liked him. Like, okay, I guess Kyle Long didn't like him either, so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But in any event, what else What do else we got, Sammy? Uh, if we trade Foles, should we keep Dalton? We won't have a backup if we trade both Foles and Dalton. I don't know how we trade either one of these. Unless the Steelers want Dalton, then you can take him. But I, I feel like Foles is going to come back.
1: Yeah, well, first off, Dalton's a free agent. That's, so, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not even um, and, ours to trade. And I'm assuming, yeah, if if they do manage to trade Foles to somebody, um, I would think they'll probably look for a backup who's more similar stylistically to Fields, just so they don't have to change the offense a bunch if they, you know, if, if they need to use the backup. But yeah, cutting Foles only saves them like three million, which you can't get a decent backup QB for three million anyway, so. I won't be surprised if they keep him. And there were rumors last year that they were trying to trade him, but he was shooting trades down and just telling teams he'd retire if they traded for him, except for certain, except for like certain, like he wanted to go to Indy basically, I think, but Indy didn't end up wanting him. Um, And so I, I don't really think they can trade him. And yeah, it's, you know, you're stuck with that 10 million cap hit for a backup, but you know, there are a lot worse backup QBs out there and you only save three, Three mil by cutting him, you might as well keep him around.
0: No, I agree with that. It also like is Carson Wentz? Is he a free agent? Was he he on a one year deal?
1: I think his contract still goes for a little longer. But there were rumors that Indy might look to move on from him,
0: like move him to
1: to Pittsburgh possibly.
0: What do you? He had like twenty plus touchdowns, seven interceptions. I don't know what playing with like two badly damaged ankles, and maybe it's just going to be a thing that he's always injured. But I thought that last year he got injured and then still played, which was significant to me, but whatever. Um, I don't know. I think that Foles to Indianapolis makes sense. Otherwise, I would just keep him. Like, I I, I kind of like him as our BS meter, too, because I think that's when things kind of went bad. Because, like, we'll know immediately. Like, if Eberflu sucks, like – It'll be if Nick Foles is like out there, just like shaking his head. Like <laughs> Foles is our guy on the inside, in a way. Like he, we should have known. Like I, I am the optimist who was like, "Let's give Nagy that fourth year." But Foles was like, "Nah, dude, we got him." Like Foles knew, and uh, I think that anytime you draft a quarterback, you should probably move on. I think like the Jets did it the right way because they fired their coach, even though they didn't need to when they brought in Zach Wilson, it made a lot of sense. Whatever I'm saying made a lot of sense. I thought it, yeah. so. but I think Foles will be there. I think we both think that maybe, yeah, I think that seems pretty likely. All right. Foles will be there. What do we got Sammy? Uh, we all the bears need to improve on offense, but I am more concerned about the cornerback position. on am adding words here that don't need to be, but uh, should they invest an early draft pick for a cornerback or perhaps go shopping in free agency for a cornerback? I will say uh, I'm a big Thomas Graham guy Mm -hmm. and I like Jalen Johnson, but what do you think the Bears need to do at the cornerback position?
1: Yeah, this is a spot where I think they probably – It would make sense to kind of bargain bin shop there a little this year. They just can't afford to like spend big money or high draft picks on every spot where they have a need. They have too many of them. And uh, in Iberflus's scheme in Indy, they didn't like hugely prioritize cornerbacks with a lot of like big contracts or high draft picks. So I think if you can find guys who, you know, are like capable, but not top flight players, but he thinks fit the scheme pretty well and just kind of make it work with that. I think at least for year one, that's probably your best bet. I
0: agree. And I honestly, like, we got to stop thinking about defense. Like, I'm done. Like, like, who cares? Let's be this team that outscores people. Just for once. I want to see what that's like. If I, we lose games 38 to 35, like, I'll live with it. I thought, like, when Fields was playing at his best and we are playing, like, higher scoring games, you're like, this is fun. Like, this is better. This is better than losing – you know, 16 to 13 and, and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I just kind of enjoyed it. And I, I'm like, let's just invest. Let's get a good offense going. Like we'll work, We'll worry about defense later. And I know the Rams just won with all these superstars on defense and everything, but it's still like the thing, like you gotta, you gotta have an elite level quarterback. You gotta score points and that's the way that it works. Unless you're the new England Patriots, which obviously they did it for, but they had Tom Brady. So like, what am I saying? Um, I think that uh the cornerback position' is gonna suck. it's gonna be fine like whatever. like the way the rules are, you're gonna give up touchdowns, you're gonna give up points. Can these guys make a stop when you need them to, hopefully. Well, let's go let's go dumpster diving for the cornerback. We'll put Thomas Gar- Thomas Graham there in the in the slot. Maybe Eddie Jackson will decide to play some defense this year. It'll be great. Uh, I think we have time. let's do one more. Who is the most underrated player? still under contract jazz swinging deep. I, uh, who the under most underrated player. Can I say a No. Um, No,
1: <laughs> I don't actually know if he's under contract, but that's true. He might not be. They have so few guys. They only had like 20 or 25, something like that. Like I filled out. Oh, here's God. their depth chart at the end of last season. And they had lots of holes, um, just where they didn't have anybody under contract period. Um, yeah, that's a tough, tough question to answer i oh james daniels isn't under contract uh
0: yeah that's a big yeah i was going there too i was like wait a minute
1: i was gonna say Akeem hicks like people
0: kind of underestimate him like how valuable he can be but he's not under contract as well
1: uh, man all right i'm gonna throw a curveball here and say eddie jackson i think stop it why <laughs> I think Bears fans have been too hard on him the last few years. The turnovers obviously have disappeared, which is really unfortunate. Um, But I think he's still a pretty solid coverage player. Just has been in a secondary with a lot of not solid coverage players around him, which leaves him um, getting exposed sometimes in ways that he shouldn't be. Um, I think he's still, you know, maybe not like the like absolute stud safety that we all thought after twenty eighteen but probably the pendulum swung a little too far in the other direction in terms of general fan consensus. I
0: agree. I'm just teasing. Um, yeah. I like I like BoJack. I think he'll be fine. Um, I agree with what you're saying. Like, people are a little bit too critical. Uh, not as great as 2008. You said it all. Uh, I agree. Although, I will say, you know what? I will throw out a little bit for Cole Komet. Who is still a much younger player than people. Why? You don't like Cole Komet either. You hate him. <laughs> um, him and Justin uh, Fields, you can't stand him. I'm one of these, I'm the guy. Like I'm the Cole Komet guy. Yes. Where well, I'm wrong. What what's what's happening?
1: I think Cole Komet's like a perfectly fine tight end. I don't think he's ever gonna be like a stud, but I feel like maybe this is just my corner of bears Twitter, but I see a lot of people like comparing him to like Travis Kelsey when he was young. And I'm just like, no, he's, that's not him at all. That's should but I think. Failed.
0: If what he can be a- like a
1: Kyle Rudolph, like a good solid starter for like eight or 10 years. I think that's a great comp for him and still achievable and would be a really nice outcome. What about a saucy 2020
0: Robert Tanyan? All right. I could live with that. There you go. Scoring some touchdowns, making some plays. Maybe Kirkland George Kittle, not even Kirkland, maybe dollar store, (laughs) dollar store George Kittle. I would settle for, uh, at this point. But, uh, Jonathan, listen, I want to thank you uh, so much for coming in here this evening, answering the questions, answering my questions. And of course you can check it out at the the bears blog and his seven part series, the deep dive on Justin Fields. I implore everybody to go out there, check it out or read it. A lot of work went into that What's next for you? What are we, what are you working on in the future?
1: Um, Next couple of weeks, hoping to do a little bit more in-depth stuff on uh, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet and just kind of how they grew in year two this past year and what we might be looking for from them going forward. So you'll
0: besmirch Cole Komet. That's fine. (laughs) I won't take it personally. Uh, Where else, but where can people find you uh, on, on the social media channels?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty active on Twitter at Jonathan underscore wood one. And that's literally my only social media. So come find me on Twitter. I'm always happy to hang out and talk about the bears.
0: Well, we appreciate you coming in tonight. Uh, hopefully we can do this again in the near future, perhaps after some drafting and free agency as we head into 2022, would love to get back with you again. Thank you for all the time. But listen, thank you for all the content that you provide us on the bears blog. Thank you so much for
1: being here tonight. And, uh, Thank you. That's all I can say. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. And thank you for all the great stuff you do. I always enjoy uh, all your good work, too, for NFL.com, bringing well, that Bears you. perspective in there, which is not always there with some other people. I'm sneaking it in. I'm the, and I'm, I'm the anti-Jason Lockenfora, who I like a lot,
0: <laughs> who I, I should probably get on here at some point. But anyways, thank you again. There he goes, the great Jonathan Wood. Check him out at the Bears blog. And thank you, everybody, who is joining us here this evening. We will be back on Thursday to, yeah, smash that like button, people. Uh, like, subscribe, tell all your friends. And of course, you know, we do a great, <laughs> we do a great job. No, I was going to say, uh, there's a lot of great Bears content out there. We love the Tape Never Lies Network. We love the Bears blog. We love uh, Bear Down Cause. A lot of good people. On Thursday, we're going to have from the Bears Wire, Alyssa Barbieri, uh, the reporter from the USA Today who covers the Bears for the Bears Wire. We're going to have her on, probably some other guests, And until that time, be sure to follow us. Be sure to follow the Sick Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter, all that good stuff. Appreciate everybody hanging out on a Tuesday night. We will see you Thursday morning. Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.